Pam Garside, thank you very much indeed for talking to Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. Your report is entitled Out of Hospital Care, Lessons from the US. Tell me, what are the big differences between the US and UK healthcare systems at the moment? Uh, The biggest difference is level of expenditure. The US spends 17.3% of the largest GDP on the world on health. And the UK is at about just under 9%. So the level of expenditure is massive in the States. And the other, another difference is that our, our system really is a health system and theirs is very fragmented. They don't have what some of the commentary act called call systemness in, in the United States. It's a very fragmented system. And I think the third thing is the, the coverage. Uh, the National Health Service in the UK, hugely admired around the world. It's got problems, but it at least covers everyone. And the US health system does not, although Obama's recent bill seeks to uh, extend coverage to the whole of the US population. But up till now, it hasn't done so. Can I assume that the challenge of a modern healthcare system, whether you're in the USA or in the UK, is trying to provide more out-of-hospital care, simply because that's the title of your report? Yes. Um, there's two major drivers. One is it's better for people and patients not to be in hospitals, and they actually prefer to be taken care of at home, for the most part. The second is cost, because it's a lot less expensive um, to, to take care of people out of a you know, hugely expensive acute hospital setting. I mean, that, that, that's a gross simplification, but it's really cost and patient preference. And, and will or is the UK better placed to provide out-of-hospital care than the USA? Or, or will they learn lessons from one another and, and really progress because they're looking and listening to one another? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting and tough question. I don't know who's better placed. In a, in a sense, because we have such a good system here, we're better placed to move patients between the different parts of the system. The US has more money for technology and they have some fabulous electronic patient records that really help this out-of-hospital care. I think it's a very good point that we will learn from each other. The the US professionals I deal with just uh, really admire and covet our uh, seamless system approach. Uh, On the other hand, we we look at their high-tech solutions in some cases, not in all cases, um, and and we would take bits of the US system that would work better in ours. But I think each system is probably placed in a different way to to address this. Now, you mentioned technology there, Pam. Is that going to help uh, and advance out-of-hospital care? Is it through technology that people will be able to, say, be monitored in their own homes? People will be able to to dip in and see what they're doing and and how they're progressing, if you're elderly, for instance? Yeah, uh, there's a a lot of development at the moment, and the major electronic companies are are investing heavily in anything from a carpet that tells whether an elderly person has fallen over to talking pill bottles that remind you when to take your medication. And there's a lot of futuristic stuff talked about, but interestingly, in this report and on our visit to the US, we found that the, the, ve- the technological vehicle that has primacy, as it were, is the mobile phone. People use it, they're familiar with it. The pre-elderly age group will be using it when they get to a point of having a chronic condition. Um, and the iPhone alone, with all the apps it contains, uh, will be a, a sort of lever and will be highly used in the management of chronic conditions for patients to interact with the health system.
Do you think that, that that's a future that is achievable, what, 10, 20, 30 years' time? I mean, how futuristic is this technologically advanced out-of-hospital care? It's not that futuristic, actually. And in some parts of the UK, for instance, uh, uh, teenagers with diabetes are being... Uh, bought SMS time on their phone so that they stay in touch with their doctors. Um, and these are in deprived communities. So it's happening now. Uh, I, I don't think it's as futuristic as perhaps we think. Uh, we clearly need the investment in these technologies and we need to change the way uh, existing services through custom and practice are delivered. I think that's the biggest challenge is getting doctors and nurses to change the way they're working now. But it's not too futuristic. Have we got the structures in place in, in the UK healthcare system to deliver this? For instance, let's start with strategic health authorities. I mean, some people think they're good, some people think they're bad. One party wants to abolish them, another wants to reform them, another one wants them to stay. Yeah, another good question. Uh, SHAs have been given the task of uh, stimulating and diffusing innovation. And you could say... Innovation doesn't work in a top-down, bureaucratic, managed system. SHAs do have a role because they can stimulate the market, they can encourage providers of healthcare to uh, behave in certain ways through the financial system. So I think, I think they can help. I think the private sector can help as well. It's not entirely through the government system. Um, and, and, and another thought is, uh, particularly across London... It was the first SHA to develop poly systems or polyclinics which shift care out of hospitals and using technologies and systems around new ways of delivering care is happening now and is, is being encouraged and again that's partly the role of the strategic health authority to push that forward. So what are these new models of care? They will provide perhaps the public sector, uh, the private sector, looking at what we can copy and emulate elsewhere in the world, not just in the USA? I, I should bring in commissioning here, and commissioning uh, is the, the authorities, or the, currently the primary care trust, that buy care, and it's up to them to be, I think, more innovative in what they buy in terms of models of care and say, stimulating uh, private agencies, the voluntary sector and the NHS to adopt these new models of care, maybe kick-starting some of the investment in technology and then dealing with the hospitals where most of our money is spent so that they release some of the ways that they currently deliver care into the new model of care. And it's very tough to do that, back to the point of... Um, health professionals not sometimes not wanting to change perhaps as much as they should do um, and changing their way of delivering care to the new model that's the big issue what about if we move on now to look at leadership that's always an issue in the NHS and something the NHS itself is always looking at probing and trying to improve yeah I, I, I could do a bit of a, um, a rant here um, I, I trained as a manager in, in the UK and the US and if you talk to your average US um, health manager in, in whatever sector they're extremely analytical uh, can describe their industry in five minutes in terms of the metrics and I think I mean, leadership is, is a very broad, overarching term, but we need to train our managers and administrators uh, and leaders into being 
much more analytical about where the metrics of where care should be delivered. They should be more open to using different sectors, not the trusted um, and tried ways that we've done things before. And they need better negotiating skills because the contracting for the provision of the new sorts of care that we're going to be going into, including the private sector, is a very different ballgame than what they're managing now. So you have a, a, a term, it's called connecting for health. What's that about and how will it help? Uh, connecting for Health is, is the national government programme in the NHS in England for um, information technology. It's much maligned in the press. It's late and it's um, over cost. However, it's terribly important that we, that we get something that, um, it's jargon, the ed- electronic patient record, where all of our records are in one place, electronically accessible by the patient, and we saw some of this in the United States, and it's an incredibly important building block for managing care out of the hospital. And for instance, in Kaiser, they have a system called My Health Manager, where patients go on the website and communicate with their doctors through the website, and their doctors are doing 25% of their outpatient consultations through the web. And their doctors are paid for that, um, it, so it's not like they're doing extra work. And the patients absolutely love it, and they talk about the activated patient. And I'll, I think we'll see a lot more of that sort of um, activity over the web once we get our IT infrastructure in place, which some people say will be too late, but we really need to keep uh, keep making progress on that. So uh, to go back to the title of your report, Out of Hospital Care, Lessons from the US, this is a trend to be cared for at home that people really want. It's not just about cost-cutting, it's responding to consumers' demands. Yes, I, I really believe this, that at one of the scale people don't want to go into hospitals because they'll catch nasty bugs like MRSA, uh, but that's an, ex- an extreme sort of point of patient opinion. I think people, as in end-of-life care with cancer, there's a lot of lessons from cancer care, which is is very good in this country, where people would rather die in their own home for the most part. And people sometimes feel safer in hospitals because they're surrounded by professionals, but they should see home as the hub of care, and we should see professionals coming in and out of the home with technological support, be it your carpet, your talking pill bottle, your mobile phone, your blood pressure monitoring device. With the right professional support, then most patients would absolutely rather be in their own home. Pam Garside, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. I've learned a lot, and good luck with your report. Thank you.